Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. So excited for this one because I get to venture not only out of the LA area, sort of, but I also get to uh, dabble into the international scene um, just a little bit with uh, Nicole Chasen. So there's a lot to talk about, um, so let's just get started. Alrighty, well I've got Nicole here. Nicole, thank you so much for for hopping on and and working with me. I'm really excited to have you on here. Um, Just a ton of stuff I want to ask you, um, and I'm sure it will come, but we'll just go ahead and begin with uh, what team do you currently play for, or what teams? We'll start there. Um, I am on Echo uh, for Co-Ed Elite and Invasion for Women's. Nice. And um, how long have you been on Echo? Since the beginning, right, I think? Since they first yeah, it's been, I think it's been four or five years now, pretty sure. <laughs> nice. And um, well, I guess, so to backtrack a little bit, how long have you actually been playing competitive dodgeball? Because I, I mean, there was teams before Echo, so I don't want to get too uh, hung up on them. But um, um, I have been playing competitively f- since 2011, I'd like to say. Um, that was my first. Well, I started playing dodgeball in 2009, but um, I didn't start traveling until 2010, but really competitively until 2011, my first Arizona tournament. Do you know which one that was by chance? Was it Grand Canyon State Games or? Dodge, Duck Dodge. Uh, it was a Christmas one. <laughs> it, was a, it was a holiday one. Um, oh, uh, Duck the Balls. Duck the Balls, yeah. Duck the Balls. <laughs> That's the one. Oh, nice. Um, okay, so that was 2011 that you started? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I don't know if I was... I think I was overseas for that one. but um, And this this is kind of like a, a weird segue, but when I first met you, I, like it was after after Crimson Rampage, like after 2010, like you kind of just appeared and you were this awesome stellar player. So I'm trying to see like what was... Uh, dodgeball for you like before then so um what uh what got you into dodgeball like how did you first start playing and what were your initial thoughts for that (laughs) um uh well I moved back to LA from New York in 2008 and my sister roped me into playing kickball and um I didn't really like it uh very much Um, so she, after a couple of seasons, um, pointed me over to the basketball gym and said, yeah, they play dodgeball over there. So why don't you try that out? (laughs) And that was in like October, 2009. And, um, I signed up like the next day, rolled my ankle, my first game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's a great welcome to dodgeball. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was wearing the wrong shoes, of course. Um, but yeah, it's been an obsession ever since. I started playing eight and a half a few months later, broke a finger. <laughs> and yeah, uh, so uh, I don't know. I, I think I just like pain. <laughs> <laughs> Instant response. Um, not most people <laughs> enjoy pain, um, especially if it's like yeah. their first uh initial um impression of dodgeball or, or whatever the sport they get into was um was kickball just like not intense enough for you or because i yeah yeah i mean it was fun it was a nice way to meet people for a hot minute but at the end of the day i'm pretty competitive 
effective and uh, didn't, I wasn't really a fan of the strategy of uh, bunting ball and run or bunting, bunting. Yeah. Uh, and to run, run the base, you know? So oh, yeah. I was like, all right, well, uh, I'd really like to do something that actually, you know, uh, has something to do with athletics. <laughs> I was going to say it has some merit, but uh, same thing. Yeah, that's that too. <laughs> yeah, I, um, kickball, I mean, it's definitely a, a drinking league slash activity. And I think the only fun I had was throwing a kickball like from center field to the home plate. And people look at me like, how did you do that? But that's like the, that's like the excitement. Everybody else, like you said, they just bunt it and you're just like, no, oh, this is whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that, uh, that take kickball really seriously and, and there's a lot of competitive teams out there, but, um, you know, it's when, when you get a girl <laughs> to the plate, generally the strategy that I've seen has been to, you know, baby kick and run. <laughs> right. Um, and I'd rather practice how I could actually be effective and kick the ball without it getting caught within two seconds. But, you know, that's fine. <laughs> it's not for everyone. <laughs> for sure. You mentioned something kind of cool about strategy. Um, and I have like a perfect example. I was talking about it during Sin City where um, you were protecting somebody and you're standing there. And I mean, without trying to paint too glorious of a picture for you. I, I was just watching this play out. Like I saw my teammate throw thinking he was going to hit this person on the side, like just clear as day, completely exposed. And you're just like, nah, I'm just going to catch it and protect him. Cause that's what I do. <laughs> and that's, I mean, you strike me as somebody that's just super uh, defensive. You catch very well. Um, did you, did you start dodgeball that way or, or did you kind of have like an idea of like, I'm going to be a defensive catcher or did you just kind of fall into it or? Um, uh, I have to actually, uh, thank the current, uh, doom roster for that because <laughs> we all played on syndicate together. Um, and that was one of my first competitive teams, uh, co-ed teams. And, um, you know, it was, it's re really those guys that taught me how to catch. Um, so, you know, my, I mean, it sucks to say that, um, but it has to be said, the girl's primary um, role on a co-ed team, especially when she first gets on it, is, you know, to catch. So, um, you know, I'm not going to overpower Vince or Nate or Cole or any of those guys. Um, I mean, few people so can, what can anyway, I do? so... Yeah, exactly. So what can I do is I can, I can keep them on the court. <laughs> That's what I can do. Um, so as bad as it sounds, I, you know, I was a human shield, um, for a while and that's, that's how I can, how I can catch because I just got tired of getting hit in the face. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I mean, I love it because if I'm, if I'm the last one on the court, all the guys are out. I don't care who comes back in first, all of every guy that I've ever played with has been pretty strong. So it's like, boom, make a catch. Let's go. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I play much better, uh, when I'm protecting my teammates, um, rather than, you know, kind of dilly dallying on the court, I kind of space out. So, <laughs> um, you know, if I have some kind of purpose, then I tend to, I tend to play a little bit better. Gotcha.
Cool. So, I mean, that's kind of like how when me and Kenny were talking about Rolina and, and Angelique, they were um, they're basically just, I guess, put up against the wall and people were pinch thrown at them until they decided they can catch or they just like had no fear. Was that similar to your situation or yours was just more like scenario based where you just you're in the situation where you're constantly protecting your teammates and so you know you either have the choice of getting hit in the face or, or catching a ball was just sticking with that kind of what helped you um learn how to catch better i don't want to say learn how to catch better but um become uh, such a stellar catcher yeah we didn't really i mean the i'm the only person really that uh worked outside of a game with me was eric tillman's um in the in our early days, my my early days of eight and a half, actually, he was uh, teaching me how to throw it, um, and because uh, obviously at some point I'm going to have to throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I never really stood against the wall like that and uh, became a target uh, for practice. I just kind of you know. Uh, Every game, every open gym, every tournament, it was, you know, just make one catch. Okay, let's just make another catch. Here's two more catches. <laughs> gotcha. What can I do now? Um, so it just, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it was just, I'm just super competitive, and I have to be really, really good at everything that I try to do. And if, I, if I'm not, then I'm kind of a person. <laughs> I know it's a really bad uh way to think about it but yeah I'm just I I ha I was just motivated to get better so every match every open gym it didn't matter I needed to make that catch nice so is this something that like you've kind of just stemmed from childhood like you've always been this way or did you have like did you play in sports prior to dodgeball like in high school or I don't want to say conventional sports but um what other um, athletic background do you have I guess I ran track in high school. Uh, I was a hurdler. So as much of a team sport that is, it's also pretty individual. Um, but really it was growing up as a twin <laughs> made me really competitive. Uh, fortunately, my sister and I played different sports and it wasn't so much of a uh, conflict between us. It was just like, you know, we're two people that look exactly the same and we have to kind of uh, create an identity for ourselves every single day um, outside of each other. So it just kind of rolls into the rest of my life. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned your sister because when I was in LA for Open Gym, I ran into her. I was like, hey, what's up, Nicole? And she's like, oh, I'm not Nicole. I'm her twin sister. I was like, I didn't know she had a twin sister and this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, just it was really cool you guys look almost like you guys look identical and um even in sin city like i i wasn't really 100 percent sure that was you so i didn't like say anything and i was like oh, heaven forbid i make that mistake again and so i'm just gonna be <laughs> even more awkward not say anything at all until i see you play and i see you pull that play off I'm like okay that's if that's not nicole then f it like it's worth the risk hey nicole how's it going great catch like, <laughs> so yeah, one of the uh, before Alex started playing dodgeball, it was really, it was really funny every time she came, because I didn't. I mean, it was intentional that I didn't tell anyone I was a twin, uh, because it's just really funny when people try to talk to her, 
and she'll hold a conversation. She'll go as long as she possibly can until she has to tell them that they're not actually talking to me. <laughs> oh man, so you just made me that much more paranoid now. <laughs> like I am talking to Nicole, right? And like this isn't Alex that I'm speaking to. I'm gonna find out yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, it's me. <laughs> That's awesome. So um so I guess with, with track you kind of raised an interesting um point in that um it's not so much a team sport it's more individual so i guess um and this may be reaching but is that where you kind of develop like this internal monologue where if you are not doing well as you said you're you're a piece of of turd or is that yeah. just something that you were kind of just born with or, or is that how did you i guess how did you strengthen that voice and how do you ensure that you listen to it so that you, you don't accept being mediocre or you don't accept being I don't say a failure because that sounds rough, but no, that's pretty accurate. How do you uh, how do you strengthen that voice and listen to it? Um, not yeah, I think I was born with it, um, actually, because you know, going back to having a twin, um, I'm just naturally competitive, and I'm I naturally have always been uh, in my sister's shadow, <laughs> so to speak. She's always been the bookworm and. You know, she got better grades. I was the jock and I was into band and every other extracurricular activity uh, outside of school, <laughs> outside of academics. So, um, you know, um, and then I also now I chose a career that's dominated by men. So I'm constantly having to prove myself uh, either uh, for myself or for, you know, my gender in this industry. Um, so there's, there's just always something, I don't know, maybe it's really, maybe it's just me, uh, creating this for myself, but, uh, I think it is something that I was born with, but you know, people probably nurtured themselves into it just by playing sports when they were younger, because obviously you want to be the best. You want to get the trophies, you want to get the medals, you want to, you know, have the glory and the pride and, you know, your parents love and adoration. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> huh. I'm glad you, um, and I don't normally ask this of, of, um, of people I'm talking to, but what, what, what do you do for a living? What is your career? Cause it's, I mean, it, it takes you out of the country. You live in France now. So, uh, what's that about? Oh yeah, that's purely by choice. <laughs> I don't actually, yeah, I don't do any business in Europe. Um, now I work in online media, uh, digital marketing, and uh, I'm uh, director of business development. So um, being in digital marketing, I could work from anywhere in the world, and I just happened to choose France because I wanted to learn French, and I didn't want to live in the states for a while. What's <laughs> hmm. well, one way to do it, I guess? Yeah. Uh, is there any uh is there any dodgeball in in, in France or, or where you live specifically? Yeah. Yeah, uh there are a few clubs outside of Paris, uh pretty close that uh I actually belong to one of them and um it's one of the stronger clubs in France actually and uh but it's cloth. It's not foam or rubber or no sting. It's mm -hmm. it's cloth. I know a lot of people in the states are very against cloth, but I like it. <laughs> you know, it's it's just another ball. It's a, it's a different strategy. It's a different technique. Um, I don't really throw it as well as I do a no sting or foam, but, you know, I can't 
effectively throw an eight and a half ball time matter. So, so with that with that cloth ball, does that um, I don't want to say it's like is that an equalizer, but because you know how like foam will will change the playing field with n- now with foam, several people are now throwers. Several people can do crazy weird curves and trick shots and kind of the same thing mm-hmm. with no sting does this cloth do that as well for throwers like it um i don't i mean it does for me a little bit i have two different throws when i throw a cloth ball um i haven't perfected uh either one of them yet because i haven't been playing cloth for very long but um you know i do have one one throw I have is uh kind of does put a spin on the ball that I can't really control so um that's really cool (laughs) Mm. Uh, but the other my other throw is you know just me trying to replicate my no sting or foam throw and that's not always uh the best idea (laughs) but it works also half the time (laughs) nice and what about catching does that is it harder or easier uh, I catch a cloth ball as much as I catch an eight and a half. Nice. And it hurts just as much. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. Just because, uh, I mean, it, it hurts a different kind of pain because the eight and a half is rubber. So it's, you know, it's just like a burning pain on your skin. <laughs> but the cloth ball is, uh, is harder. Uh, it's a harder exterior. So it's more like a you know, I just ran into a truck <laughs> kind nice. of feeling. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's ever so satisfying either way. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds really cool. Um, yeah. So is this the, these cloth balls, are they the ones that are like yellow with the red target and the, or the, yeah, it's like the red bullseye and it's got like this goofy looking dude kind of jumping in the air, no. maybe describing this way too, uh, specifically. I have not played with a ball like that. Gotcha. Cause they're, they're, but that may just be design. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I, there might be different entities now because there was once the International Dodgeball Federation, and this was like back in two thousand six, and they claim that they've been around mm-hmm. since nineteen ninety six. And um, long story short, they field tested, and I'm not even joking, um, 72 prototypes of dodgeball to make this world friendly, to make this like not be banned in schools. And they came up with what I think is the cloth ball that we may now know today. And this thing was like basically a um, a water volleyball where it's just like it's like throwing a marshmallow, and it's just it's not even no, you can't grip it. It's really slick. There's just, I don't know. It's just like we used to call it the ball of shame, like back in back in the day with Tucson, where it was so hard to throw, so hard to catch that if you were managed to hit somebody with it, like you're just a terrible person. Like just go to the the wall of shame and be sad. So uh, <laughs> no, that doesn't sound at all like the ball that we play with. <laughs> oh my, I might be uh, in for a treat then if I ever get to play. Yeah, no. This is. I mean, it's like a. It's like a volleyball it's filled with air and it's it's not like a it's not like a nerf ball fabric type of exterior it's like a soccer ball but not as it's not leather 
Um, huh. Yeah, it's and then there's no give. I mean, you could just not inflate it 150%. But uh, yeah, there's no, I can't, there's no give whatsoever. I cannot, it slips right out of my hands. Um, and yet it makes an impact. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, um, it, it doesn't sound like what you just described at all. <laughs> I'll define pictures. Um, and I actually, we played in a tournament. Um, it was a San Diego, I don't want to say it was a classic, but it was, it was a San Diego tournament in 2013 and, Nope, nope, just kidding. Just kidding. 2011. It was, it was still San Diego, 2011. And um, they used that ball. And I remember it being just a tournament of the balls of shame, but definitely not impactful. Doesn't sound nearly as as um, as solid as one you're describing. And is, is that IDBF or is that um, what organization has that one? Or, or uh, Euro it? European Dodgeball Federation, EDBF. EDBF, okay. Yeah. So it's uh, it's the ball that uh, uh, Europe primarily uses. I know there are some clubs and countries that play with um, rubber, um, but any, any national or international competition in Europe is going to be using this ball. Gotcha. And do the, uh, the skills translate fairly well? I mean, it, it doesn't seem like you ever miss a beat. Um, when you uh, come back to the States and, and participate in elite dodgeball tournaments. So is that helping you stay edgy and, and on your game or are you doing other things uh, aside from that? Well, I have, I mean, I have to stay fit. <laughs> uh, you know, I do yoga and spin classes, but um, yeah, it's outside of that. It's, I, I go to the club, to this club um, outside of Paris and I practice with them and, um, it's a little bit of a change because it's a different ball, but at the end of the day, can I catch it? Can I not? <laughs> and then I get on another court. It's a different ball, and you know I have to adjust, obviously, because I'll throw with my shoulder, or I'll throw with my elbow, or you know, some other kind of movement. I'll change um, depending on the ball, but uh, my primary objective has always been to catch. So um, if I can catch it, then. I'm solid. <laughs> gotcha. And then my throw, my throw will come eventually. My first few will uh, be pretty off target and probably shameful, but I'll get it eventually. <laughs> nice. I think that's uh, the case for everybody, especially transitioning yeah. from nose thing to rubber and then rubber to foam. It's like the first like three or four just garbage. They're either... Yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah, it, it's funny, but it's also frustrating. She's like, what, yeah. what happened to me? I just like forgot how to, how to function. This is ridiculous. I know there was one time I uh, I hadn't played no sting in I don't even know months and I threw that ball I had been playing foam and I threw that no sting ball and it didn't even reach halfway to the target to my intended target and I was like oh I didn't mean to do that <laughs> that sucked <laughs> I love that just like oh <laughs> it's like that yeah. sad <laughs> oh man <laughs> Have I played dodgeball before? <laughs> like, I'm new. Um, <laughs> this is a good time to be Alex. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess on that note, what do you have like a favorite style of ball since you've, I mean, foam, no, no sting, uh, 8.5, cloth, nothing in particular? No, I mean, I really like 8.5 because uh, it's the most competitive ball, um, you know, 
it's, I mean, it's the most competitive ball because it hurts the most. It's also the biggest. And, you know, I like to play against the guys. So it's, you know, it's one of those. But I really like foam. I really like throwing foam. I can't catch it as well as I catch eight and a half, but I really like throwing it. <laughs> so it just, uh, it just depends, I guess. It also depends on the team that I'm playing on with, you know, with women's, obviously. Uh, I like eight and a half, but... I really like no sting um, for women's and, you know, for co-ed, it's eight and a half for me. Um, but everyone has their, everyone has their preferences. I don't really favor any of the ball types because in Europe, cloth is super, super competitive. And, and uh, you know, it's like every, every other ball type to them is like, bleh, <laughs> right. no. <laughs> um, just like in the States, every, you know, cloth is that <laughs> i was just gonna say we're so, the exact opposite i'm sure yeah exactly so but i like playing with all of them it just depends because i like i like to change up uh the style and the strategy and i like i like how different they are that's kind of a testament to your abilities as a player like if you're if you're truly a good dodgeball player and i might be burning myself here you should be versatile regardless of real set or dodgeball type use i agree so. Yeah, I guess yeah, I, I gotta stop shaking my fist at foam. Just be like, fine. I just I hate because <laughs> I suck and I need to get better. So be it. But uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's why you have to keep playing. <laughs> I mean, there was my first few years with WDBF. I played foam once a year, twice a year, maybe. You know, so you just have to want to do well with it, not just pick it up and say, okay, well, it's foam ball. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> yep. So, um, so addition to, um, you said spinning and yoga, um, and then obviously getting to play in France. Um, is there anything else that you do to work on your, your dodgeball conditioning and skills or any other like routines that you employ? Um, no, I'm really bad at those. Actually, I work so much that I even forget to eat sometimes, <laughs> but, um, I, no, outside of that, I spend my time laying on lacrosse balls and foam rollers just to, you know, heal my body. <laughs> but um, it's just, I'm just fortunate um, that I, I grew up pretty active, so um, I don't, I I don't tend to lose as long as I stay fit. I feel like I can ad adjust pretty easily to um, to whatever. I mean, there have I have been, I have played in so many tournaments that I think I underperform in. Um, so I can't say that I'm always good to go <laughs> right. uh, when I haven't played in a while. But pretty much eventually. Uh, I think the adjustment period is pretty small. And, you know, if you're athletic, then I think you're in a good place. Kind of like just muscle memory at that point and maybe just a little yeah. bit of conditioning, maybe a couple balls fight your face a little bit and then you, you start to yeah, come back it's like, to reality. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I know that feeling pretty well. Um, yeah. I was going to ask, do you have like any um, mental processes or, or thoughts like, you look at um, look at Glenn, and that guy is stoic, and 
scary looking, but really he's just getting into the mindset of I'm going to murder everybody in front of me. <laughs> Same thing with <laughs> Kenny. Um, I'm daydreaming. I'm always thinking about God knows what. Do you have anything that kind of just makes you like, even if you're, if you're not performing well, instead of like beating yourself up, is there like a, something you think of that kind of gets you jazzed and, and able to, to perform well? Cause you guys are always in, you know, echoes always seems to be top three. Um, same thing with, uh, with invasion. So how do you, um, how do you keep well, up with that mentally? I mean, I don't, everyone, anyone and any, everyone that knows me, uh, can attest to my, uh, instability <laughs> emotionally. Um, uh, recently, actually, uh, I've just uh, taken the habit into listening to music. I listen to country music, and it kind of keeps me happy. So um, every minute that I possibly can off the court, if, I, if I'm in a bad headspace or anything, as soon as I leave the court, headphones, country music, and I'm out. <laughs> Everyone can leave me alone. I just need to listen to my music. <laughs> um, that's what I've been doing recently because, uh, you know, I am one of those people that gets into my head a lot. And when I underperform, um, I'm really hard on myself. So uh, I think that listening to music has really helped me just kind of um, bring myself back up because nobody else really can do it for me. Yeah, it goes back to that track mentality where you're in your own head yeah. you have to get yourself out of it i love that what um i wasn't expecting country music um <laughs> i know nobody nobody ever does <laughs> yeah like if i was watching you watching this play out be like she's got to be listening to rock hip-hop i would never think country <laughs> um what songs or what artists or do you have like a specific song if you don't mind sharing or divulging um that? well i listen to a lot of josh turner um you know, there's like the Luke Bryans and the Jason Aldeans and Kit Moores, but um, yeah, I, uh, I listen to a lot of Josh Turner. <laughs> gotcha. So more like recent country, and not. Uh, he's. I mean, he has a lot of recent stuff, but he's he's not too recent. Um, I also uh, just put on. Sometimes I just put on Spotify playlists because I don't I don't know every artist. Um, you know, I, I used to listen to a lot of Reba, so, but okay. that's not really, uh, it's not really the type of, uh, music that'll amp me up during dodgeball. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of more recent stuff, um, that's, that will keep me amped, but, um, you know, Thomas Rhett, <laughs> but, uh, I try, I try to keep it, uh, upbeat and that's yeah generally more of the recent stuff gotcha and yeah, a lot of pop crossovers <laughs> if you had said like george Strait, like 90s brooks and down i'd be like oh, i really it's really a stretch for me but okay Cause i like country um but i like it's some a, of the older yeah stuff, <laughs> you can tell no i really i mean i do listen to a lot of george Strait also um but not for dodgeball really <laughs> Gotcha. So, um, so let's go back to, to elite and kind of like the timeline I was, I was setting up. Um, you, uh, what, what got you into elite? I guess, um, getting ahead of myself there. What, how did you get started? Like when, when it started popping up, 
were you just like, this is something I'm going to be a part of? Was there no question or did you have any like hesitations or how did that start? Uh, no, I didn't have any hesitations. I was, you know, I was always on board with late from day one. Um, you know, it was just, we were all, we all played NDL and, um, and we all, you know, kind of moved on. And when Mark and Vince started doing uh, the elite uh, stuff, then it just, it was an obvious uh, movement for, for us. Movement, is that the right word? <laughs> um, and then, of course, when uh, the women's community started growing uh, and elite included a women's division and uh, it was, you know, the place to be for competitive dodgeball. So, of course, I was going to be part of that. I guess that's a good point because um, and, and movement's kind of a good word because you had the NDL being the the main driving force for the longest time and with all its faults and whatnot and can definitely pick them apart for an hour or so. But they didn't really have too much of a, of a women's tournament going on. They had like their division, but they didn't have like, like Elite was doing where they would have, um, did it start with like the red versus green? Like they were just team colors um, playing against yeah. each other? Yeah. It was uh, it was draft first hmm. uh, first couple of years or few, first few years of elite women's was was draft so um, uh, it was yeah red, red yellow black white um, green may have been one of them um, but yeah one of even the my first my sister's first. Uh, Dodgeball experience was uh, one of was Elite's first women's division, women's tournament actually. Wow. Huh. And is this? Uh, forgive me if I butcher this. Is this this was Bells of the Ball or is that different? No, that's WDS that does Bells of the Ball. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but that one that's a good one too. That one's a that one's no staying. And then Elite women started as eight and a half. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't because even as I was asking, asking, I was like, "Well, I don't think Mark would would call it that. I think it's, it would just be a straight up tournament." So, yeah, gotcha. Um, that's funny. How because uh, I, I can't even remember the NDL even having like a solid women's only event because there's only like maybe one or two teams that would show up, and you know half of them would be from Arizona, so it was kind of like non-existent. So to see it actually. Yeah, um, mine mine was half Arizona, <clears throat> half California too. <laughs> it's like we're always borrowing from each other. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I mean, I mean, I don't know if I don't actually remember if there was an official women's division, but we did have a women's team, and I think we played in open, not actually women's, because I do remember playing against Portland in 2011 or 2012 or something like that and it was all dudes <laughs> <laughs> and we got on the court and i was like oh crap <laughs> i um yeah i think you're right i don't, I don't think there actually was a division there, there's always been advertised as one but then an all women's team would show up like i think the dodge bells back in dodge 2000- dolls that well, was us. <laughs> you guys are Dodge Dolls. Well, before that, 2006, 2007, there was a Dodge Bells oh, wow. out of Seattle. 
Um, oh, same cool. thing though, but they would show up and hey, guess what? Just kidding. There really isn't a women's thing here. And oh my goodness, okay, it's starting to come back to me. Um, <laughs> 2007, there was an almost women's uh, division. And unfortunately, what that was was just teams of three or four or five um, women playing against each other in excess of like three or four. Or there was like four or five teams of three or four players. And it was just like this hastily crappily thrown around event and i remember the reason why i know it so well is because uh jackie was really upset about it which she had every right to be because i was just so lame like it's just it's not what you would expect especially when you're paying and traveling out so um yeah i guess um again not, not to dig into too much of the negativity around the ndl but there really hasn't been a solid women's division so that's pretty awesome that um wds and and uh elite dodgeball kind of got that going um so movement's pretty pretty legit way to, to paint it I think and um, Dodge Dolls so that was was that the pink team pink and yeah. white oh boy <laughs> okay I remember them yep that was us I think I still have my uniform somewhere <laughs> nice um, yeah it's because um, you had uh, the the ball busters that's the other team mm-hmm. and I remember um, in 2010 they were going to play against uh the Hawaii, no, 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 the the team from New Zealand, and they're doing that haka, haka, mm-hmm. however you pronounce it. And it was so cool and so intimidating. But as I was watching, I was like, these these girls are gonna rip this team apart. And sure enough, they did. It was like over in you know like under thirty seconds. And I remember Ed Prentice <laughs> saying to them, "Hey, you need to take it easy on these guys." And it was just like, what kind of what kind of whack division is this? Like, this is something needs to come along that's better and, and thank god something has and um to kind of segue into that you know after 2011 um i would like to believe that's when um people like bill fair and, and yourself may have started looking into the international scene um can you talk about that a little bit or yeah there's so uh, many questions so i just kind of let you kind of just introduce us to it and um, see how that goes uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, Bill spearheaded that whole thing. Um, I hopped on board. I, I mean, Duck the Balls tournament was the first time I met Bill and Chris and everyone in Arizona, actually. Uh, and it was kind of like my my tryout <laughs> to go to New Zealand with him um, because there was something on Facebook that... Uh, he posted, uh, I don't know how it got to me, but the fact that he was going to New Zealand, I was completely interested in because I, that's my great grandfather was born there. Um, mm. So I was interested to find my roots. And uh, so I hit him up and I was like, uh, I can play dodgeball and I can go to New Zealand. <laughs> can I come? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but are you good? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> So pretty much when I went to duck the balls, I was like, I have to be a monster. <laughs> I want to go to New Zealand. <laughs> so fortunately, I played well. Nice. And we went to New Zealand a few months later and made some really cool friends. Uh, and, you know, a year later, the first WDBF Invitational was in Malaysia. Gotcha. That's funny. So... Yeah, because I was, I was kind of painting the picture back then where 
I come back and then boom, you're just, you're there. And it, it wasn't even like, like a, who is this person? It was, it just seemed like you were already a staple. Like you might as well have been there years prior. Like you were just such a, like you, I guess you didn't, and I wasn't looking at it this way, but you didn't have anything to prove if that makes sense. Cause it was like, oh, well, if she's good enough to be on rampage and she's clearly a monster. So it's kind of <laughs> oh, cool. <thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of cool seeing how, how that played out. Um, cause I wasn't familiar with, with, um, how you came aboard and to think that it was just like a, a simple Facebook message, not out of coincidence, but you know, you always wonder like, how did this person get to this part of dodgeball or how did they get involved or how did they stick around or yeah, I'm a, I love asking people and finding out about that because it's such a, a cool thing to see what kept people around and, and how they um, evolved the way they did. <clears throat> what, um, so after Malaysia, was that, so that was like the first official uh, yeah. world championship then? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, 2012 was Kuala Lumpur and 2013 was in New Zealand. And 2014 was in Hong Kong, 2015 Vegas, 2016 uh, Melbourne. <laughs> I almost said Toronto. And then 2017 was Toronto. <laughs> gotcha. And then 2018's in LA, right? In LA, yeah. And have you been on Team USA this whole time? Yep. Nice. And uh, actually, 2017 was my last year. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I moved on to the administrative side. Gotcha. And what? Um, why did you want to get involved in that? Because it's one thing to get super in, um, into just playing dodgeball, but getting involved on the administrative side of anything, whether it's just a small league to something huge like USA Dodgeball, Elite Dodgeball, what have you, I'm sure it comes with its with just plenty of gripes and comments and stresses. But yeah. uh, why did you decide to, uh, to get involved? I mean, um, there's been a lot of conflict in the community in the last couple of years. Um, and I wanted to be part of moving it forward. And uh, part, of, part of that meant that I needed to choose whether or not I was going to be a player or an organizer. Um, and up until now I've been kind of half stepping in both worlds uh, without really being successful in uh, or completely successful in, in either. Um, so this year I just had to make a choice and uh, I think I made the right choice, you know? Yeah. It's uh that makes plenty it's of hard. sense. <laughs> it's, it's painful, <laughs> you know, not to be, not not to be trying out or not to, you know, but, you know, someone needs to be on the selection committee. Someone needs to be helping put on the tournament. You know, it can't just be on one or two people. And fortunately this year it's uh, Jake and Mark and me and Mike Costanza and the whole USA dodgeball board and, uh, and you know, a few other people that have actually reached out to us to volunteer help um so it's it's a whole it's a whole team and you know i'm very excited to to see what what we can do (laughs) well for what it's worth that's that's really awesome of you because it's um it's not something that and it wasn't i'm not trying to insinuate this in any way but this isn't something that you can just kind of have 
you know, you have to, yeah. what, what you guys are trying to do is, I mean, eventually going to one day pave the way for an actual Olympic team. It's going to just completely blow up um, dodgeball on the U.S. front. I mean, it's going to bring about everything that we've all wanted since like day two or three of playing dodgeball. I say day two because yeah. like we didn't, you know, realize, oh, wow, there isn't much after this. But um, that's uh, yeah, hats off to you for, for being willing to sacrifice that. And it's um, anytime somebody's willing to step up and do something for the greater good, whether that's just refing or organizing events or even putting themselves on the um, on a platform on the national and international scene, that's that's incredible. So um, I can't um, I can't put myself in your position. Like I imagine that was pretty rough, but um, I really think it's it's going to pay off, and I would imagine it's it's going to go really far because of decisions like that and, and individuals like yourself that are willing to uh, put that first over themselves. That's something that's really hard for people to do. So um, yeah, that's 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 awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So I guess going into Team USA a little bit for both women's and men, is the selection process going to be similar where you're going to have scouts that are like kind of watching people throughout these events and yep. you're taking applications and things of that nature? For, so it's going to be like that for uh, both sides? Or? We're not doing the application thing, uh, uh, like video thing anymore um, this year. It's, uh, we have a men's scout and a women's scout in each region. And then, um, so north, south, east, and west are covered. And then Mark and I on the national, uh, front as, you know, like tiebreaker, um, as well. So there's five committee members on the men's and five committee members on the women's. Um, so, you know, we're going to be attending all of us, uh, as many tournaments as we can, obviously Mark runs most of them, so he'll be at most of them. Uh, but each region will be covered and we're, we're going to scout for, for real, <laughs> not just, uh, Hey, you know, you want to come play, submit a highlight video and a bio, and then we'll look at you. It's like, no, like legitimately this person is a good dodgeball player, um, you know, who may or may not, be able to put together a highlight video, but we should watch them. And I think that's how most other sports do it. And, uh, you know, we've been doing the highlight video uh, and bio submissions for like, I don't know, since day one, actually. So, um, but, and it's worked for the most part. It's just um, the one thing that we didn't do um, was attend most of the tournaments. You know, like Bill and I would attend tournaments as much as we could but we couldn't be at every single one of them so we really we relied on the highlight videos for a really long time and right. um you know that may or may not have been the best idea but it was the best idea at the time so <laughs> you know but you know as with anything we progress and you know, every year we try to do better and uh you know this year is substantially better than what we've accomplished in the past just from the few months since everyone has come together. What, um, what do you, what do you think that was like, was, was it just the stars finally aligned and, and people decided to get on the same page or was this a long time coming behind the scenes? We just didn't know on the outside or cause it, yeah, there was, there was a lot going on behind the scenes that, um, people don't know about. Um, 
but you know at the same time it's people don't need to know about it um until unless it's something real you know there's there's always something to talk about there's always something to plan there's always something to want and hope for right <laughs> but um you know everyone coming together was really was a long and you know heartfelt process um so on on all sides and uh you know i think it's working out now because we're all willing to talk and work together and um you know there's there's a lot of factors it's not all on one person's shoulders anymore so it's it's not so much um let me think for a second, because I want to ask, I guess, the correct way without sounding the way it could sound. When um, when USA Dodgeball was announced, it was fantastic. That's awesome. When the mm-hmm. membership uh, portion was announced, fantastic, awesome. When they announced that they're doing scouts for Team USA, it was that is outstanding, but it's also about flipping time that <laughs> it's done right and. Yeah. Without trying to um, bring about any negativity on that, again, is that just because it it took a while to get to this point, or I guess was there like a tipping point that made that Uh, happen, or? Yeah, I mean, um, we always tried to 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 travel and see people play, uh, you know, face to face. Um, we weren't always successful at it, um, because, you know, there was Bill and there was me (laughs) on the men's and women's, well, Bill, Bill and Santi on the men's side, but me on the women's and, you know, every year I never, I mean, nobody, nobody knew this because I always took the, the brunt of it. But, um, you know, I did, I did have people advising me, um, in the background when it came to picking the team. So, you know, uh, I wasn't alone. Um, I announced it alone, but, uh, yeah, there was, there were unofficial voices (laughs) in years past, but, um, this is the first very, very transparent, um, year, uh, since inception. Gotcha. Yeah, it's funny because it, it would seem on every thread <laughs> there would be you battling it out with people and explaining things in a very matter-of-fact, very um, articulate way. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Yes, Nicole is a good person. She wouldn't be lying. She wouldn't be, this isn't her ego talking or, or making these decisions or, or what have you. So again, without spending too much time on that, it, it's really cool seeing how it's now all unfolding and I mean, if you ask me, you look at the timeline of dodgeball, 2004, roughly, 2003 to 2018, and then you look at within that window of when international started happening, 2012 to 2018, I mean, six years, that's not bad. I mean, we waited a very long time for a women's division. We waited a very long time for a well-run national event. We waited a long time for regional, so... um, it, it's about time, yes, but it, it's also it, it's like the blink of an eye. I mean, I can't imagine what it's going to be like two, three years from now. It's going to be amazing. So, 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, someone has to make the mistakes for another person to, you know, improve in the on the process. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really good point, actually, because how else would you do it? Like, you can't just come in and do everything perfectly. Yeah. Time and time again, that's uh, wow. Yeah, it was. I mean, unfortunately, it didn't. It wasn't always the friendliest. Uh, forum <laughs> but you know at the same time it was these things need to happen you know someone needs someone needs to take charge from the get-go to try and do something try and do something bigger and uh you know there's going to be mistakes made along the way and everyone's going to have an opinion everyone's going to crap on someone everyone's you know Someone's always going to be undervalued, underappreciated, and, you know, it's just eventually things get better and things get improved and everyone becomes happy again. Right. <laughs> so, or as happy it's as you can make them. Life. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. That's a good way to put it where you have to learn. Somebody's got to make the mistakes and you have to learn from them. That is, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I don't want to say I'm a flip flopper with the NDL, but I, when they first came on, I was just like so enamored and enthralled and just believed every single thing you could possibly believe about them. And over time I started seeing it for what it really was and how other people started seeing it. And I was like, yeah, well, whatever. It sucks. They suck. Um, they're not doing what I want fast enough for me. So F them and, and whatnot. But because of the nature of this podcast and, and just looking back, it's it's like you said, somebody had to go in there and get it started somebody had to go in there and have a vision and that vision may have been distorted but somebody else picked it up and they learned from those mistakes when it was time to when when that when the ndl for whatever reason fell apart or did not continue to correct herself or course correct somebody else did and mm -hmm. we're all better off for it and the majority of us are still playing dodgeball because of the ndl so yeah that's kind of yeah. how i see it now. i started yeah i started there too yeah, I mean, anybody I mean, that's... Go ahead. I, I didn't get too close mm. to uh, the um, environment, I guess, uh, to really have a strong opinion um, on DNDL. Uh, I have, you know, my own opinions, <laughs> But everyone's everyone's gonna everyone always wishes for more playtime. Everyone always wishes that the pools were picked differently, or you know, there's there's always something. But um, I I never really got too close to the NDL quote unquote drama to really have an opinion on things that have happened. But um, you know, if it wasn't for the NDL, I wouldn't have you know been so into competitive dodgeball at the same time and you know it's just it's just the or maybe i could have you know yeah, <laughs> la say? is very competitive you know? arizona is very competitive <laughs> you never know so can't really say that i guess <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting um i mean but it's also interesting to think um you know what if what if the first international thing was not going to be in new zealand would you have messaged bill would that have happened what if um you never got into trying kickball or what if you love kickball you'd be a completely different person maybe so yeah exactly 
it's always the what ifs that are kind of fun to think about just for a few seconds before it gets crazy and you get an existential crisis. But yeah, it's always uh, it's always fun thinking about how things could have been, and then hopefully they make you appreciate how things are. So yeah, um, don't want to spend too much more time on the international scene, but I would like to ask um, what. Uh, is there anything specific you're looking for in a Team USA player? I mean, obviously, we want the best of the best, but is it enough to just be really freaking good, or are there other things that people might want to know about so they can stand um, out? You know, the the one thing that I've always uh, tried to put together, the team that I've always tried to put together uh, each year has been um, the most uh, flexible um, and adaptable. Um, so, you know, uh, multiple skill sets, not just like single role player types, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, great, you can be, uh, you know, this monster catcher, but, you know, when you throw a ball, can you? do you hit your targets or do you... You know, uh, do you work with your teammates? Uh, do you protect your teammates? Do you um, uh, think about what you're going to do before you start? I mean, I can't even ask that because half the time I don't do that. <laughs> but uh, it's just I, I look at, you know, uh, the decisions, the decisions that a player makes. It's like, okay, uh, you know, when when they decide to catch, do if ever they decide to catch, when they decide to throw, who did they decide to throw with, do they talk to their team? Or, you know, do they have some kind of hero complex or, you know, court awareness? Uh, you know, all of, all of the various factors um, that make a player, but, you know, also that make a, a veteran player. You know, you can't just being your first few months of playing dodgeball and just miraculously have every single, uh, uh, you know. Like all the ins and outs and nuances of yeah, dodgeball. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, you know, you could. there was uh, one girl that I looked at a few years ago and she, was, she had so much potential, but at the same time, zero court awareness. Like... Great, you can throw a ball, <laughs> but you're completely useless <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> you know, so it's just like you know, let's let's uh, let's kind of hone your skills and like you know, see in a couple of years what what you look like as a player, kind of thing. You know, and that's why there are different levels of competition in every other sport. So it's you know, but uh, yeah, every every year I try to get the put together a team with the most flexible players you know like Brittany can throw and catch like a beast (laughs) kate can throw and catch and she moves like a freaking ninja (laughs) (laughs) um you know like people people like that like but they were also they grew up as athletes so obviously they you know they're just on the higher uh level of the t- tier triangle uh, that you know that I'm looking at, and gotcha. but that's how you put the best team together, in my opinion. Um, you know that may not be the best way to think all the time, but you know the team, the women's team 
U.S. women's team has medaled every single year. So <laughs> I, I couldn't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say uh, proof's in the pudding kind of kind of a expression there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it still amazes me that, that dodgeball is still more than just having a good arm and a good pair of hands. Like, there's a mental aspect to it that it may last a couple of milliseconds when you're calculating what you're doing, but you have to reason and rationalize why you did what you did. Um, almost did, you know, have like those, obviously, I don't know why I threw at that person. That was dumb. That was just like reflex, but there's definitely a mental um, aspect to the game that, like you said, once you have, I don't want to say higher tier, higher caliber players, but you get to a level where there's a sense of maturity that's needed that um, it's really cool that you can start looking for it now. Like it's a, it's not, it's not enough to just round up three or, or excuse me, five or six people and, and huck balls at people. It's, there's way more involved now and that's, yeah. that's awesome. So going back to like how much things have changed and all kinds of great things that are happening now, is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to the most this year for 2018? Um, well, I mean, I'm really looking forward to worlds in LA <laughs> in 2018, but, um, I'm, you know, I, I am really looking forward to the, the national combine actually, uh, more so because the selection of the team USA is a lot different than we've been doing every single year. And, um, you know, to see uh, the top 10 uh, players or however many um, uh, from each side, men's and women's, to come together in one place to, you know, for the actual national tryouts and how that's going to play out with, like, I don't know if we're going to have – drills or tourney style this and you know i'm really looking forward to that because you know we're attending a lot of tournaments this year i'm i'm seeing a lot of new names um dodgeball faces i don't i haven't met yet and you know it's just it's different being a little bit on uh, the outside uh these days uh being on the administrative side i can't really be focused on um being a player so you know my eyes have opened to a whole new world right now and there's a lot of things i'm looking forward to uh every single tournament that i can attend especially the combine i'm attending twin cities throwdown for the first time uh in april and uh hopefully you know with the growth of wdbf and the international committee community as well more countries, more faces. Uh, so, I mean, I think 2018 is just a big year of things to look forward to. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's 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 just so funny because, like, um, you know, earlier you mentioned Bill Fair kind of spearheaded this whole thing, and for most teams, it's like we just want to win the, the national championship or the NDL Dodgeball World Championship and Convention, however you want to say it, and and that's it. But then after that, like just entire world opened up with so much opportunity and so much, um, so many faces and characters and players and teams. It's um, it's really cool that that's. Um, I, I guess like 2018 kind of feels like I don't want to say like the second Renaissance, but that's kind of what it felt like 
in 2012, it's like, oh man, there's an international scene. Cool. Now it's, oh man, there's like a combine happening now. There's like all this other stuff that is just, um, I don't know. For me, it just feels like another surge of excitement for, for dodgeball. So yeah, when I find myself asking this question, especially, I mean, we're barely in February, well, I guess we're in March now, you know, we're barely in March and there's my favorite thing to look forward to in 2018 has already changed like three or four times. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, I'm knock on wood, but so far it seems like it's going to be a really, really awesome year. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I have to, well, there's the elite season, which, you know, everyone looks forward to right. every single year. Um, but you know, everything that USA dodgeball is doing and is a part of, um, is just, you know, one big thing in a collection of things to be excited about. Um, so yeah, it is, it's a really exciting time. For sure. Um, speaking of exciting times, um, what is your, what is your favorite dodgeball memory to date? (laughs) Uh, or what's the first one that comes to mind or just something that you really just kind of treasure and and I don't want to say hold dear because that sounds cheesy, but you know, <laughs> the I have treasure actually this one really uh, miraculous. I don't know how it happened. Catch on Billy. <laughs> oh, it kind of like threw me back two feet. <laughs> I had jumped. I had jumped up. I was actually I was protecting a teammate, and I jumped up, and I don't know why I jumped up. It was just one of those you know things where. I really wanted to learn how to jump. <laughs> I just started jumping at every opportunity that I got. And this was one of them. And I jumped up and pure Cole style, just like grabbed onto this ball midair. Don't know how. And I landed like two feet back on the court. <laughs> and I was like, well, I just did that. <laughs> it just happened. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> did, did someone document this? <laughs> I'll have, to, I'll have to scour the internet and see if that's available somewhere. There was no documentation. I was so sad. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Somebody had to have been filming. No, there was. Yeah, there was a GoPro, uh, but it was it was a bad angle, so you didn't actually see uh, the catch happening. You saw like it was behind me, so you saw me jump in the air and land, but you didn't actually see the catching of the ball. <laughs> just like this force push you back and you land. Yeah. <laughs> It was amazing, except it was the wrong view. <laughs> Dang. Uh, do you remember when that was? Like what year or what uh, event? It was in the last few years because uh, it was Echo. I was already on Echo uh, and I was protecting Terry. Nice. So, uh, yeah, it was that. And then there was, you know, there was one tournament actually in, in Arizona. It was one of the 10K tournaments uh, where I... I was the last one on the court, and it was against, uh, it was Rampage. I was on Rampage, and Brian Armand's team. uh, Headhunters? Yeah, it was Headhunters. So it was like three guys. I think it was Chris Bell also. I'm not sure, Uh, but definitely Brian Armand, because he's the one that broke my finger. But... um, it was what I was the last one on the court, and it was three guys, three balls, and I tried to catch all three because they just miraculously met my body 
at one time in the same place. So if I was, you know, that good, I could have somehow, you know, manipulated my body into holding onto all three balls, but no, it didn't happen. But um, I actually dislocated my finger um, trying to catch one of those balls. <laughs> and uh, it was, I think the tournament had just began. It was like the third game of the day or something. And I looked down and my index finger was in the shape of an L. Oh, I had never oh. broken a finger in my entire life. Oh, no, I did. My pinky, my first... Uh, dodgeball open gym <laughs> um eight and a half but like severely i've never dislocated uh a finger i've never broken an arm or a leg anything and uh i looked down and my finger was you know in the shape of an l and then someone came running over sarah uh uh Maravitz. nice uh yeah she came running over with ibuprofen and kai harrell was like uh uh, put it back into place, put it back into place. You have like 10 seconds to do it. <laughs> like screaming in my ear, like put it back, put it back, put it back. <laughs> so I, you I put only it have back, 10 I seconds. Popped... <laughs> yeah. Cause he, you know, I, I was like, Oh my God, what do I do? And he said, if you don't put it back now, it's going to hurt like hell in about 10 seconds. So do it now. <laughs> so I just kind of, I, I popped it. I put it back into place and then, uh, taped it up and I still had like the rest of the day to go. <laughs> Jeez. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> and that's a good memory of yours. That, that's one of the six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I have a few of those. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's better than, um, than the opposite where it turns you off to the sport entirely or you just give up after that. So, I mean, that's. Yeah, no, I like pain. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> Tough one. That's, uh, Know how I would do. I I broke my finger one time, and I maybe it's like this universal rule where you have ten seconds to pop it back in place. But unfortunately for me, it wasn't dislocated; it was broken. And by action of me popping it into place, I actually broke it two more times. Oh, so um, but I still played. I still I still finished the game and uh, saw the rest of the tournament play out. But um, if it was shaped like an L, I think I would have freaked out. Though I'd be like, No, I'm done. This is uh. This is freaking me out a little bit too much, but uh, yeah, it's tough. Um, I don't know too many people that would be like, "Yeah, this is uh, this is the sport I want to play. This is my first time." <laughs> and broke a finger, don't care. I'm gonna come right back as soon as I heal up. So that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was just uh, it's. I'm so um, anti on co-ed teams, and especially eight and a half. I just I've I I always argued, Bill about um having a rotator um a sub and uh this one tournament <laughs> i i won the argument we only had two girls and <laughs> Go figure. if i had yeah if i had stopped playing <laughs> i would have left kate on her own <laughs> so it was one of those like yeah well this is what you asked for so <laughs> keep playing <laughs> that's such a not, not a sour spot, but I totally understand both sides. Like, from a co as as a former co-ed captain, you know, I want three girls because heaven forbid something happened to them and then we lose our eligibility. Like, it, there's a little bit more of a penalty for for co-ed teams versus losing, you know, one of your five other guys on the on the open team. 
Yeah. <clears throat> but then it just also really sucks to have to rotate, you know, half your squad every time um, if you have three girls. So I totally get both sides, but like, um, I don't want to say it's funny, but I, I can just, the, the irony where you finally like win the argument and then all of a sudden a uh, crap injury. And then I can't, yeah. I can't really imagine what's going on through Bill's mind. Like he probably wants to yell, I told you so, but you're injured. Oh, so he you're, did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. He, he, he laughed while he did it. He wasn't angry. He just laughed. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. Well, I did, um, and because we had to kind of shift this interview a little bit more ahead of schedule than previously, I did manage to source one question from uh, Sergio Leone. He asked, um, I'm going to kind of reword it a little bit. Um, are there any players that um, inspired you to play, step up, or that you look to, like, I want to play like this person? Um, and that can be from the very beginning to, to now even. Um. You know, I mean, I've been playing for nine years. So in the beginning, it was, um, I just want to be good enough to be asked to play on a team. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then it turned into, like, I really like how Chelsea Conrad plays. Uh, she's, like, really fluid on the court and very, very graceful. <laughs> so I always I always watched how she moved and tried to, tried to imitate um you know, her, her kind of, uh, gracefulness, <laughs> maybe unsuccessfully a little bit, but, you know, and then Kate Gong actually is a very, uh, big, uh, reason, uh, of why I play the way I play now. Uh, and also, uh, guys like Alan, um, I really like the way he played, and when we played on Rampage together, I was always, you know, one, I was always trying to get out of the way because he could kick me in the face at any time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I kind of, it's a combination of different players. It's a combination of um, Alan-ish, uh, uh, Kate, Chelsea, um, and Cole. Um, just a lot of you know, and Vince and Brittany, it's, it's a lot of the different, like, oh, how do they do that? And, you know, how do they do that? And, okay, I have to, you know, you know, kick my right foot back first, and then maybe I'll just, you know, maybe not fall flat on my face, or, you know, it was just a lot, it's, it's a lot of different things. Like, I learned how to jump because of Alan uh, and Cole, and I learned a lot of my throwing from, you know, uh, working with, Eric Tillman's and watching Ish, and uh, a lot of my uh, my movements, my shuffling back and forth from Kate. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a few different players. Nice, you kind of just pick and pull from what uh, what would work for you the best, and yeah, I just you know I see something someone's doing, and I'm like, oh, how do I do that? <laughs> nice, that's so cool because I. Just a different mentality, I guess, and I'm not going to try to frame every single competitive person out there, but it's, it's the difference between, man, I wish I could do that, to how do I do that? And it's the people I feel that actually figure it out, take the time, study, and uh, try it to, to actually end up being the upper tier of players. So that's really cool. Um, but I, I really think, um, in my experience, there's going to be I won't say like an evolution of players, but it's 
You're going to have the people that are willing to put in the hard work because they've just decided that they want to make dodgeball their thing and they're going to put the work in, they're going to do really well, they're going to practice, and that could be upbringing as a child, that could be you know, exposure to sports growing up, or that could just be bad mindset like like Kenny. It was really awesome talking to him, finding out that he may, he was not he wasn't born Kenny Dodgefather Cox. He became that through through hard work. And then you have other players that are just naturally good, but they, they don't do anything with it. They don't hone it. They don't um, they don't rise while the other party is rising, so to speak. And it's just really cool to uh, to see that through another perspective. Um, I wasn't really expecting that um, in dodgeball just yet. So kind of a cool thing to have and just wanted to throw it out there. Um, it's neat. Sergio did ask, I say like a multi-part question. The other one was, do you, who do you think will take women's game to the future? Now, that's kind oh, of a, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of a weird one because like, we're still in the future. Like, I think you're still the future. Um, I don't, unless uh, I can think of a way to change I think one. he's asking about, um, you know, maybe m- my opinion on who the next, you know, next level all star is, you know? Yeah. Do you, uh, do you want to comment on that or? Uh, I mean, I really think that, um, you know, without, I don't know, there's been so much like back and forth with like the rankings coming out and everything. Um, but, uh, moving i mean in the future like obviously we have a you know roster of you know amazing women um currently uh already you know everyone from like Brittany and kate azalea like you know uh i really have uh i'm really interested to see how ashley cook from minnesota um does yeah, she's popping up a lot? Yeah, she's, uh, she's pretty good, and I'm I'm actually really excited to see a lot of the Northwest girls. Um, you know, I was really I was really amped. I was super pumped when uh, Seattle and Portland started coming to the elite tournaments. So, uh, you know, I think that we'll we'll be seeing some pretty good uh, talent coming from the Northwest. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have like. Angelique and Rolina, uh, it's it's just there's too many. Like I don't even know. <laughs> I say Ashley because she's the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're you know we've been playing for years and years, and you know I don't know how long Ashley's been playing, but uh, I think she would be at the top of my list. One because she's she's the youngest, and she's like this. A nice shiny little toy <laughs> that uh, I think about every time I'm like, oh, new dodgeball player, but she's been playing for a while. <laughs> but she's pretty, uh, yeah. pretty vibrant. Um, yeah, watching her play. Yeah, she's she's grown a lot in the last few years, from what I've seen. So I'm really excited to see what the next uh, few years has uh, in store for her. I mean, Meg, Meg Becker is another one out of LA. Uh, so. Yeah, it's just there's there's a few different there's a few different girls that are that are coming out uh, of the woodwork that you know maybe were a little too shy to come forward before. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's it's like you said. I mean, 
2018, this is a great start so far, and it's I'm sure it's just the beginning, and we'll we'll be seeing more new faces and more new names coming out of the woodwork and and just showing up and like, wow, we'll read this whole time, but you know, better now than ever. Yeah. So exactly. <clears throat> I guess uh, so. One one question I did have that popped up is: Do you have any advice for um, players that? they want to get better, but they're, they're kind of just struggling and it could be for a mixture of things. Just any advice that would get them to stick with it or keep at it. And there's brighter pastures ahead. Um, you know, I was, I was really fortunate, um, to be surrounded by, uh, a really good group of people. Um, and you know, it's very easy to find in dodgeball. So, you know, I know that it's, it can be really, <clears throat> it can be really discouraging sometimes. Um, and I've, I've been there, like I've been there recently where, you know, sometimes I'm just like, uh, I just want to turn everything off and maybe I'll just stop playing dodgeball for a while. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, I think that people that are, um, a little discouraged right now or um, haven't found their groove yet is just because maybe they haven't found that um, that core group that they want to continue to work with or stick through or you know I don't know for me it was it was a lot of my environment you know um, my my dodgeball crew like immediate dodgeball crew were people that I wanted to be around outside of dodgeball um, so I think that if anyone becomes discouraged in the dodgeball community, it's probably because they don't know uh, these some some people who they're around um, on a personal level. Um, and for me, that was a really that was a really big factor in staying um, in the community because you know, I think you should want to be around the people that you're going to be around. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, but also, you know, these people also made me want to be better. They wanted, they made me want to be a better person, a better dodgeball player. And, you know, so I don't, I mean, without knowing the actual situation, um, that someone is in, why they're being discouraged. Like, yeah, you know, sure, you get hit in the face a few times. But, you know, I knew someone when we first started playing dodgeball, man, this girl, her head was a moving target. And she was, I thought she was going to break in half every time she got hit with a ball. And she stuck with it for years. And, you know, it was, and I think it was because like all of her friends still wanted to play dodgeball and she wanted to be with her friends and she wanted to, you know, get better and not be a, you know, a moving face target. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, we, you know, we just, we had a fun group and it just made it worth it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So it, I mean, at some point, yeah, you have to decide that you're going to get strong for yourself or you have to be the reason for that. But it also does not necessarily mean that you have to kind of go it alone. You can look to your friends. You can look to the vast array of amazing people you'll meet playing dodgeball to kind of help reinforce that and, and get you there. Like, exactly. Yeah, it reminds me of a, 
of a saying that I might butcher, but it's like it's a rising tide elevates all ship, ships. Yeah, I definitely butchered that. But mm-hmm. the idea is like if, if, if y'all raise um, together, it just makes that much more sweeter or something like that, some kind of magical frou-frou nonsense. But Yeah, I think I, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, cool. it all comes down to teamwork at the same time too. So Yeah, I mean, it is a team sport, so it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Cool. Well, um, that's all I got. So we'll go ahead and end it there. So it was mentioned during my conversation with uh, with Alan that uh, Bill Fair, when he was the captain of Rampage, he had some pretty grandiose sights set for the team, and that winning the National Dodgeball League World Championship and convention was just the beginning. It was it was just another step, um, and it literally opened up the world and paved the way to some amazing leaps in dodgeball um, with a Team USA uh, and the U.S. joining the uh, World Dodgeball Federation and just the progress has been made with with it and many other countries uh, getting brought into the fold. It, it's really incredible. Um, I mentioned, you know, dodgeball has been around 2002, 2003. We're at 2018 and now we have scouts for Team USA, and yeah, it was a rocky start, but it's it's a start, and that's probably the most biggest takeaway that I have from interviewing uh, Nicole. And just uh, again, witnessing how it's all come together is just remarkable. Um, I'm really happy that I was able to finally start venturing into it in my tenth episode. I'm surprised I even got to ten episodes. Um, there's so much more to talk about, so much more people I want to interview. It's really just the beginning. Um, and on that note, though, um, I appreciate all the questions I received, all the feedback I received, all the suggestions, all the input, people taking time out of their busy schedule to talk to Oswald with me for a little while. I, I just appreciate it so much. So on that note, please continue to chime in as you see fit and uh, have a great weekend. We'll catch you next week. because doomsday is happening behind me. Armageddon, we all gonna die.